one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. It reminds us of all that once was good. And the only church that truly feeds the soul day in, day out is the Church of Baseball. White Sox Weekly, presented by Miller Lite, the official weekly talk show covering all things White Sox baseball. The latest news and views from players, coaches, and direct from the front office. White Sox Weekly, on the proud new home for Chicago White Sox baseball, WLSEM. Well, welcome in to White Sox Weekly here on WLS AM 890. I'm Connor McKnight, and happy to have you for an hour of a White Sox baseball discussion Nice little afternoon for us. A little bit of sun peeking through the clouds that have been here for the last, I don't know, month and a half or so here in Chicago. But baseball is around the corner. Pitchers and catchers report uh, next, let's see, what is that? It's the 14th, right? Yeah, so right around the corner. Not next week, but the week after. And we'll have actual, honest-to-God baseball players doing baseball things on a baseball field to talk about here on White Sox Weekly. Plenty to do this afternoon, though, as the discussion kind of ramps up. I I, I do have to start the show with a bit of an apology. I I came down with a little bit of an illness after Sox Fest this past weekend. Had a blast out there at the Hilton. Want to thank the uh, the White Sox and all the players and coaches and producers and engineers and writers and everybody else who helped out and contributed to uh, our three different shows throughout the weekend there at Sox Fest. We had a great time. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I know a lot of people had a, a blast at SoxFest. Got to meet a bunch of the new players and uh, have all those interviews up there for you or a good portion of the interviews up there for you on WLSAM.com slash White Sox. If you want to head over there and check everything out, you can. Uh, but I, I picked up a little bit of an illness, so if, there's, if, if the voice sounds a little stranger than normal, if there's a, a serious hacking noise, it's coming through your radio. I apologize. It's, it's on our end. It's our mistake. We'll fix it next week. Everything's going to be fine. I've been drinking tea like there's no tomorrow. Plenty to do here on the show, regardless of, uh, of how anybody's feeling. Don Cooper, White Sox pitching coach, is going to join us at about 10 minutes or so. We'll talk to Coop at 12.15. Coop was a little under the weather himself at SoxFest. Uh, did, we didn't get a chance to talk to him on the show, though he was uh, in and around the, the people and fans and whatnot. But I wanted to talk with him Considering the uh, the influx of arms into the White Sox organization, I figured Coop would be a good guy to talk to about some of those young pitchers that he got a chance to work with. I know one of the guys, Zach Birdie, who we had a really fun interview with, uh, Brennan Greeley and I of the Steve Dahl Show had a chance to sit down with Zach Birdie, and we just oh we just got goofy. We got a little we had a little fun with Zach, and Zach had a little fun with us. Uh, good interview to go over and check out and kind of get a sense of who Zach Birdie is because I. I I think Zach's got a pretty good chance to play some Major League Baseball this coming season. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's up there by uh, by the time the summer gets pretty warm. Um, we've got Don Cooper coming on at 12.15. I think I mentioned that. J.J. Stankovitz of CSN Chicago is going to hang out with us after the 12.30 news. We'll talk about the uh, Sox Fest, the time we had there, and kind of the expectations and tone and and, and setting of, of Sox Fest as it was. But before we dive into uh, anything that's been kicking around, Major League Baseball. I wanted to bring up uh, one thing that we're going to be doing a little bit differently on the show this coming baseball season and on the pre- and post-game show. And just wanted to throw it out there for you. I I don't know. It would seem like a lot of you noticed uh, because a lot of you logged on and watched our Facebook live feed throughout the course of SoxFest while we had interviews and people and stuff going on. And even during uh, Rick Hahn's um, opening press conference with the media, we were streaming it 
on Facebook Live because, you know, we can and you want it. So if you're not following WLSAM on your Facebook, uh, you know, little machine there, go ahead and do it. If you're into some White Sox news and, and White Sox content and whatnot, we're going to be streaming a bunch of stuff throughout the course of the season. Rachel and I and, and Dave, our, our producer, when we're at the ballpark or at spring training, coming up here on February 20th. I'm going to be heading down to spring training for media day and some games and whatnot. We're bringing you uh, – spring training games are – I mean, it, it feels like they might as well be next week already. I wish they were. Uh, but the 25th and 26th and 27th, that's our first three games of White Sox coverage here on WLSAM. And we're going to be bringing you all three of those games, both of them, the 25th and 26th. We're going to have pre- and post-game shows. We're going to talk to players and coaches and bring you all sorts of interviews. It's going to be a blowout on the uh, on the 25th. Because not only is that the first preseason game that we're going to bring you, but it'll also be a White Sox weekly show. And we'll have plenty of interviews and stuff from the, the week that I was there in spring training and bring you everything that's going on. As, as the battles and, and competition for roster spots and positions really sort of uh, shape up and take place, by extension, a lot of that stuff and a lot of that live, you're going to be able to find on the Facebook live feed. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, and it archives too. So if you miss it, that's the cool thing about, about the way we're doing it. If you miss it live, you'll be able to, to, to log on later and watch it um, at your leisure so that's uh, a pretty easy way to catch up and catch on with what we're doing uh, White Sox coverage-wise here at WLS. Uh, and, again, the, the, the website for that is wlsam.com slash White Sox. Otherwise, you can just join and follow us on Facebook and do that whole thing that way. All right, news and notes, things to catch up on before we get to Coop here just after a, a quick break. Uh, Matt Albers has a new home. He signed a minor league contract with the Nationals. Best of luck to Matt. Nice guy. And obviously, after a uh, fantastic month and a half or so to start the season, really had a rough go and was part of that bullpen that kind of faltered throughout the course of last year. Hopefully he gets things back together, gets that two-seamer located down and out to uh, to right-handers and becomes a uh, becomes the guy we saw for the first six weeks of the season or so. Bob Nightingale has tweeted yet again and sent the rumor mill into, uh, into a frenzy. That's where rumor mills should be, too, in frenzies. Uh, but unfortunately, this offseason, or at least since, I don't know, the week before Sox Fest and, and in this past week, we've been kind of uh, just left with gristle, I guess, from the rumor mill and just kind of grasping at whatever's left. Uh, Jose Quintana and the possibility of, of perhaps more trades from the White Sox. Obviously, there's discussion there from um, from a rumor mill standpoint, but mostly just kind of uh, kind of wheels spinning around. Bob had, uh, and he does a great job of it too. Bob had reports that that perhaps the Rangers were involved a little bit or interested some, I should say. That's a, that's a better way of putting it. Interested in the services of one Jose Quintana. And let's be honest, who wouldn't be? And I think some of this, I have to imagine that some of the some of the breaks that are being applied to conversations with uh, with Jose Quintana, or at least the you know, the, the speed with which the offseason took off, or at least felt like it took off with Chris Sale and Adam Eaton being traded, you know, back-to-back so quickly as it was. It almost felt like, well, I guess we kind of got a false sense of hope, apparently, that more trades would be right around the corner, just coming up, bam, 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 like that. But I think, you know, what's been a really good process for the White Sox, a really good plan, rather, for the White Sox, 
is to not budge and stay put that, you know, your asking price is your asking price, that he's worth exactly what he's worth and no less. And I think that's a, uh, I think that's the right way to, uh, to stay there. Oh, uh, b- baseball prospectus releases its top 10 White Sox prospects on Monday. So you're going to head over there and check out that list. It's fantastic. MLB.com has already released their list, their top 100 lists. We'll get into that. Uh, Peter Borges has signed on a minor league deal. We'll talk a little bit more about him and that center field battle the White Sox will have coming up in spring training as well. You can add some White Sox fun to your next event by scheduling Southpaw for a birthday party, a wedding, a festival, school assembly, block party, or more. To have Southpaw visit you, call 312-674-1000 or visit whitesox.com slash Southpaw. Coming up on the other side of the break, White Sox pitching coach Don Cooper will hang out with us here on White Sox Weekly. That's next. You've got WLSAM.com. AM 890. Welcome back to White Sox Weekly here on WLS AM 890. I'm Connor McKnight. You can join us in Glendale, Arizona for White Sox spring training. Single game tickets for the 2017 Cactus League season at Camelback Ranch are on sale right now. Tickets start at just 10 bucks per game. Special promotions throughout the season to purchase tickets online. Visit whitesox.com slash spring or camelbackranchbaseball.com. You can also call 1-800-352-0212. We head out to the phone lines now, and we are joined by White Sox pitching coach Don Cooper. Coop, missed you at Sox Fest. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Glad to catch up with you a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to talk to you. I guess, uh, you know, it's like an annual ritual. you got Sox Fest, and not long after that, we're heading to spring training. And uh, as you call... Um, you know, I'm sitting here doing some preparation for spring training, the schedule. We've got 32 pitchers coming down there, some new ones, some young ones, and some guys we've had before. So uh, it's a mix. want to ask you, Coop, about some of the young arms that you're going to get your hands on in spring training, likely for the first time with some of these guys. Though you did have some people work out uh, just prior to Sox Fest. Um, when do you start taking a look, and is it now, that you start taking a look of uh, when you can kind of push some of these guys and, and pick your chances to kind of, you know, make it a little. I, I remember Carson Fulmer got got a night start against the Dodgers fairly early on in spring training because you guys wanted to see what he'd do against a pretty darn good team like that. I remember, I, I wonder when that comes to your mind. Well, you know, listen, a, a few things. We did have a workout, and I got to see just about everybody that came to Sox Fest throw. I also get a chance to look at all of those guys as well as anybody else uh, that we've acquired and or have in this system and, uh, you know, on video. You know, about two weeks ago, I had a conference call with uh, our double-A pitching coach, triple-A uh, pitching coach, bullpen coach, and pitching coordinator to go over guys, just to get a plan going, get, get some thoughts flowing around, um, you know, and starting the process. Um you know, I love giving kids opportunities to play in spring training. You know, I love watching. Everybody's got to get a chance, you know, and everybody, you know, you just want to get to see them, you know, competing because um, that's when you really get to see the true guy, you know. Um, so we're excited, you know, to, to see all of the guys we've acquired and in, in, in the deals we've made this winter, uh, also some of the – uh, six-year free agents we picked up, 
certainly uh, the, any of the trade, you know, trades, and, and but there's also some guys in our system uh, that are good. You know, we've been acquiring, you know, this last, last offseason some some quality talent, and we already have some quality talent in the system. So, you know, what that means is we're getting stronger, and uh, you know, we, along with the major league camp, a week after major league camp starts, we've got what we call a mini camp right. uh, of minor leaguers. Um, and they're all the kind of the top minor leaguers in many ways. Um, so, you know, they'll all be there. And before you know it, you know, our facility out in Arizona is going to be, be a beehive of activity with major league camp going on, uh, the mini camp, like I said. Here comes all the other campers, position players, and pitchers after that. And, and I'm telling you, it, 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 the place is, is buzzing, you know, with people playing baseball. So, you know, I'm looking forward to going out there. I'll get out there uh, on the 13th, and the first day on the field is the 14th. And like I said a minute ago, I'm making schedules right now, uh, individual schedules almost for many of the guys. And, uh, you know, I kind of it's kind of like a puzzle, and, and, and I like some puzzles. And then I'm trying to think about all right, how and when can we give all of these guys the opportunity that they're hoping for. I was that guy one time. Yeah. You know, you you want to show everybody what you can do. So we're going to do what we can to give everybody that chance to show us. What are the conversations like with some of the guys who are on the cusp? You know, guys like Lucas Giolito or Ronaldo Lopez or even Carson Fulmer has been in the organization you know, those three guys have had major league experience with a different ball club for two of them and with Carson in, in the relief role that we saw him last year. What are conversation with those guys like now about taking their opportunity, whether it's going to be in AAA to start the season or the big leagues, you know, taking that opportunity and string and making sure that they're starters, you know, from here on out? You know, listen, Carson has always been like Chris Hill. We had him in relief for a year and a half. So, you know, that's not necessarily always the plan to bring, you know, to, to make him reliever. That's mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, he, he was never a reliever in our mind. Um, but the bottom line is this. With each each individual kid, we, we, you know, we denote or recognize all of the strengths. But we also look at what we might perceive as weaknesses and try to shore up those areas. And when I mean that, I mean it might be a certain pitch to a certain location. It might be a certain pitch period. And, and, and come up with a plan on how we can fortify each guy, you know, to get better, to get to the big leagues and help us win. I mean, everybody – pitching is a a learned skill. You know, it takes time. Not everybody has those skills obviously coming out of high school or college or immediately out of the draft. So um, the improvement and the – and this goes on with everybody. And not only that, you know, with guys that we've had on the team every year, you know, we're challenging them with, the, with what I'll call the next step for them. Um, and, and how, you know, you, listen, you, you want to get to the big leagues, you want to help us win, you got to have a plan. You know, you just can't wing it. Um, and I, what I've known over the years is if you can meet, you know, our challenges, you, you're giving yourself the best chance to be as good as you can be, to take all the gifts that God has given you, because they all have gifts. Some have more than others, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and to put them on a path of being as good as they can be. Because the goal is to get every ounce out of each and every one of the individual guys, you know, to, to take their careers as far as we can take them. Um, and then, really, it's up to them 
because, again, we're going to be throwing challenges out to every one of them. Hey, we need you to get better at this. We need you to do this better. You know, and you know what the good news is? We're along with them every step of the way, you know, and we want what they want, you know. Um, it's kind of funny how that works out. Um, we want them to have the careers that they, they dreamt about their whole life. You know, that's, uh, that's part of, you know, our jobs as coaches. On the, uh, on the other side of the spectrum from those young kids, a guy like Derek Holland, we had a chance to talk with him uh, a couple of weeks ago here on White Sox Weekly. And it was, a, you know, the, he's a funny guy and a really engaging character. But also, you know, what I, what I was struck by in that interview is the serious tone that he'd take in understanding that, you know, he needs to get healthy and prove to you, prove to the White Sox, prove to Sox fans that he's there healthy and ready to pitch at a high level in the major leagues again. What will be the uh, the couple of check bo- uh, boxes to check in spring for Derek, a, a seasoned vet like he is coming into camp for the first time with you guys? Well, good question. I mean, first of all, he threw out in Sox camp, I mean, uh, Sox Fest, and he threw well. And one of the things we've been talking about, um, among others, is to, to command and use his changeup more, something he didn't do quite as much as, as he probably needed to. Um you know, and we've got a great program to keep guys healthy. I mean, if you check that, I think we're one of the top, if not the top, over the last 15 years. Yeah, the top. Uh, the top. guys healthy yep. and going out there. So, uh, you know, he's already been a quality pitcher. Um, so we've got to try to get him back and keep him healthy, like he's saying, and we're going to do everything in our power to do that. But, you know, another thing we're talking about with him is, is long toss and how we do the long toss. There's a certain way that I think you get more out of it. Um, and everybody's going to have that presentation to them at some point uh, because it's a way of getting your arm stronger, too. Um, you know, he, he, everybody that you might mention, Connor, whether it be, you know, Derek Holland or, or for, you know, Carson Fulmer, anybody, there's a plan, like I said, set up for them. And the conversations, I mean, we don't pull any punches. Uh, they're big boys. We let them know in, in, in a positive, positive manner because I don't like the alternative too positive. You know, what we feel they're doing well and what we feel they've got to improve on, and let's roll up the sleeves and go to work. I do think he does have an engaging personality, like you said. Oh, very much. We want them to be themselves. You know, this is the best time of their lives when you think about it. They're yeah. going to look back one day, and it's going to be the best time in their life. Playing baseball, trying to get to the big leagues, or being in the big leagues and helping win, you know. So, um, you know, it's, it, it's a great time for us to be a part of that too. And and I, we want them to be themselves. We want them to enjoy the process because it, that's exactly what it is. Every individual guy is in a certain spot, and it's up to us to get them to the next stop or the, the next rung up the ladder, or maybe a couple up the ladder. And so that's why you know. I call them challenges. We're going to throw challenges out to these guys. Um, and if they can meet our challenges, you know, what I've seen over the years, they're going to they're, they're going to be on the path of being as good as they can be and get to the big leagues and help us win. Coop, last one before we let you go here. It sounds like David Robertson got a couple of things cleaned up during the offseason health-wise. Um, I know obviously, and we talked about it a ton as the season was winding down, the walks and control were, uh, well, the walks were up and the control was a little down for Robertson, though he did nail it down time after time in a lot of big situations. It just seemed, you know, the, the hiccups were pretty noticeable, I guess, is kind of the way you put it. The hiccups the hiccups of a closer are always very, very noticeable. Sure. 
you know, let's face it, the game's on the line, and when he does it, you know, you feel great. And if you don't, it's 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 a very tough loss. If it doesn't, if you don't, if we don't want to win in that game with the closer in there, yeah, those are the toughest losses, and those are the ones that fans remember. You know, that's the ones that everybody remembers. You know, um, but he's a quality pitcher. You know, he probably blew three or four more saves than than we than an average guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he he blew seven, I believe. Um, but you know, all of those were nut cutting games. You know, you're in them real close. Yeah. You have a chance to win it. And when you don't, it sucks. Um, but David Robinson got his knee cleaned up. Um, he still has his his good cutting fastball, his good fastball, his good curveball. Um, and he's a quality pitcher that many peop- many teams would covet. Coop, appreciate you hanging out with us. Looking forward to seeing spring training. I uh, One of my favorite things is walking down that path, down the backfields, and just hearing uh, ball to mitt over and over again, just the popping and the noise all over the place. You got me all excited for it. I can't wait. We're not far away. From, we're not far away from that for sure, Connor. When are you coming out? One and, and like I said, you know, come around March fifth. It, it's going to be it, when everybody in the organization, every single player, every single coach gets there. You know that you're going to be hearing that sound of the popping of the mitt uh, all over the place out there. You know, we have quite a facility. Um, and it's it, you know it's going to be a lot of fun. I'll see you there the, uh, the the 21st of February. You're going to want to kick me out by the 23rd, but I'm staying until uh, staying until the beginning of March. Well, games games start on the 25th. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, and uh, so listen, I look forward to seeing you out there and uh, talking more ball. Sounds good, Coop. Sounds good. Have a good one. We'll see you soon. Take it. All right, Don Cooper, White Sox pitching coach, joining us here on White Sox Weekly. Always good to talk to Coop. He sounds jacked. I mean, you couldn't be. If if you if you're a pitching coach in organizations, what what I would imagine you want, you know, save from having you know like that super rotation like the Nationals had going into spring training a couple of years back, like that kind of setup. Other than having something like that, what you'd want to have is a bunch of really young, talented pitchers. I, I have to imagine it sounded like from Coop, young, talented pitchers, all with a chance to break and break big this year. And that's exactly what the White Sox have. Coop is, uh, I think you could tell, ready to roll. In case you missed it or uh, just tuning in, came in halfway through, it's going to be up there on the website, wlsam.com slash White Sox. You can join us for a fun season of White Sox baseball with your own customized Pick 7 or Pick 14 plan. Choose your favorite games and promotions. You can enjoy savings off the individual game ticket price. These plans are available right now. So secure your seats before individual tickets go on sale. For tickets or more information, Visit WhiteSox.com slash season tickets or call 312-674-1000. News is next. J.J. Stankovitz of CSNChicago.com joins us after that. you got White Sox Weekly on WLS AMA 90. Welcome back to White Sox Weekly here on WLS AM 890. I'm Connor McKnight. Just got done talking with White Sox pitching coach Don Cooper. Good conversation there. Hadn't had a chance to talk to Coop at Sox Fest. Nice to catch up with him here. Uh, I want to tell you, we've got more coming. More White Sox talk. J.J. Stankovitz of CSNChicago.com going to join us in just a couple of seconds. Uh, I have to tell you, though, that the most popular way to follow White Sox baseball is with the MLB.com at bat app. It is the number one app for live baseball. You get to enjoy live look-ins, highlights, game day stuff. Scores, StatCast, live radio broadcasts, and more. Get MLB.com at bat on your favorite devices right now. 
We're joined by J.J. Stankovitz of CSN Chicago and CSNChicago.com and CSN. Does CSN Chicago have their own Twitter, like, URL, or do you just if you have your own name, you're able to operate under that, J.J.? Uh, we have both. We Good. have our, our main URL. We have our White Sox Talk uh, Twitter handle, and then we have me, and we also, of course, have Dan Hayes at Hayes CSN. And a couple others. So, you know, yeah. it's a it's a selfless writer who pimps someone else's Twitter handle before his own. You Dan's know a that, good right? guy. Dan's yeah. a good guy. Happy to do Must it. Must be. And you're at I believe it's at JJ Stankovitz. Yeah, J, at JJ Stankovitz, right on Twitter. Yeah. Type in JJS and one of the lucky ones. Pop up. One of the lucky ones. Uh, uh, lucky enough to run into JJ at Soxfest and then the post Soxfest activities as well over the last weekend. Good to see you and good to see a lot of the organization, a lot of the coaches, and a lot of the players out there as well. If you have one big takeaway from SoxFest 2017 that is not concerning Jose Quintana or Todd Frazier, because we'll get to those in just a minute, but if you have one big takeaway that's not around those two guys, what would it be? Patience. That the organization is going to be patient. And I know I'm going to mention Jose Quintana and Todd Frazier here. I but, told you not to. But Rick Hahn said that they're not going to be they're, – they're not going to make trades – dictated by their impatience with the both of those guys. So essentially, even though the trade market for Jose Quintana would likely be, will likely be a pretty robust one for the White Sox, yeah. Todd Frazier is another guy who probably will attract some interest around the deadline, David Robertson, Melky Cabrera, those guys. The White Sox aren't going out and trying to, you know, shoehorn these deals in just because they're going through a rebuilding process. Rick Hahn wants to go about this in a way that will bring back the right return for those guys. And that right now means they haven't traded them. And on the flip side of that, for the prospects they did get, Lucas Giolito, Juan Moncada, Renato Lopez, Michael Kopech, uh, you know, those guys, they're not going to rush them through the minor leagues. Rick Hahn said that those guys, especially Moncada and Giolito, will almost certainly start in AAA unless they just wow them during spring training and sure. you can't, you know, not put them on the roster that is a marked departure from where they've been in the past, where they've pushed guys aggressively through the minor leagues, trying to get them up to the majors. Even Tim Anderson, he didn't have a whole lot of at-bats at AAA. And, yeah, he hit himself into the major leagues, but maybe if Tim Anderson were doing this in 2017, we wouldn't have seen Tim Anderson debut as quickly as he did in the middle of June that he did last year. Well, the interesting part about where Rick Hahn's at and where the White Sox are at by extension as it pertains to trading guys is that They've got the ability to wait. They've got the ability to, you know, if, for instance, if we're playing the game theory thing, he can make that bluff if indeed it is or or if indeed he actually believes it because Jose Quintana's 28 and he's got time left and he's got under control. Those prospects, all of them, you know, as it pertains to where the White Sox are setting them up, they could all flash and explode and force Ricky, Ven Ricky Renteria to, to take them north, whether it's Mancata, Giolito, or Lopez. All three of those guys could do it. Kopech, not so much. Yeah. But the other three guys could. I wonder then, as we move into the Quintana and Frazier discussion, which is so interesting, J.J. Stankovitz of CSN Chicago hanging out with us here on White Sox Weekly, I wonder then what that means for Q and for Frazier, because uh, it means for their markets, rather, because we've seen what Rick Hahn is asking for with other pieces. Yeah, I think that the white Rick Hahn knows that he's holding on to all the cards right now. I mean, look at the two deals that they executed for Sale and Adam Eaton. Yeah. The packages they got were blow-away packages. And they didn't have to trade either of those guys at the winter meetings because both of them were under very team-friendly contracts 
for an extended period of time. Same thing with Quintana, where the White Sox can go to the Astros, let's say, and Houston will say, well, we don't want to give up this guy, and the White Sox can be like, fine, you're not going to get him. We don't have to trade him. Frazier is a different deal. Sure. But I actually had this discussion on our White Sox Talk podcast with Chuck Garfine, Dan Hayes, and Ryan McGuffey this good week. Good podcast. Very good, good podcast. podcast. Still waiting for the invite, but good we, podcast. We'll, we'll try to get you on it. Um, but we we had the discussion of should the White Sox actually try to hang on to Todd Frazier. The point I made was he's a good clubhouse guy, which counts for something in a rebuild. It does. It we saw We does. saw the impact Alfonso Soriano had on the other side of town. In a very strange and real way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Todd Frazier is not blocking anyone with the White Sox. There's no third baseman who's banging on the door. Because Moncada's probably sticking at second base. That's the position that he's best at. And to have that guy for maybe a reasonable contract, if you were to re-sign him after this year, is not the worst thing. Because power hitters are not getting huge contracts like they were in the past. I mean, you saw what happened with the market for Mark Trumbo this year. Right. Pretty much non-existent. Jose Bautista went back to Toronto. And the biggest one was Edwin Encarnacion, who got three years. So there may not be that robust market for these guys, which could allow the White Sox to sign Frazier to a reasonable deal and keep him, which then brings me to my point here, is that they also can make that argument to other teams, hey, we don't have to trade him. And that could also play into their hands if they do wind up dealing him in maximizing his market. What do you make of the battle at, in center field for the White Sox coming up this year? I, I find all of those guys to be pretty interesting dudes, uh, likable guys for sure. But none of them seem to have the the, the star profile that Yuan Mankata has right. per se. Charlie Tilson's a really good kid, uh, could hit 300 in the show. He's carried high batting averages all through his minor leagues. Uh, you got to wonder if that's maybe where the White Sox start answering a question there. Yeah, I think I think it is. I think Tilson should be given that first opportunity. I mean, you're right. He hit real well across the minor leagues with the Cardinals. I was surprised, really. I mean, you know, because he comes with a, a reputation of being a, a high contact, high speed guy. But looking through the minor leagues, I was surprised to see the slash lines where they were. I mean, you're yeah. talking about a 330 kind of uh, 380, 390 kind yeah. of guy. So he's a he's a well met guy, a new Trier guy. Yeah. And I asked him at SoxFest, you know, okay, what team did you grow up supporting? And he said, well, I grew up rooting for the White Sox because of Scott Pesednik, because of Juan Pierre. And he was just rattling off these leadoff hitters. And that's who he tried to emulate his game after. Scott Pesednik, obviously, you know, and Juan Pierre, two of the better leadoff hitters of last, you know, this generation, last generation of players. But having a guy at the top of the order who does get on base, who can put the ball in play, is a good thing. And... Again, the White Sox don't have anything to lose here. They don't have someone behind Charlie Tilson banging down the door to start in center field who they, you know, could really say, well, okay, Tilson's blocking this guy. So I think Tilson deserves this opportunity to be the White Sox leadoff hitter or at least their center fielder. And, I mean, again, what do the White Sox have to lose if he doesn't pan out? At least you gave him a shot. Developmentally, I, I think that that chain of ideas, you know, if Tilson is up there at the top of the lineup, I, I think that does interesting things for where Tim Anderson ends up in this lineup. And I think, and, and we've talked about this a lot on White Sox Weekly, but it's an idea that I'm kind of fascinated by. If if so much of the conversation and the focus during spring training is on Mancata and Giolito and some of those, you know, young kids that are competing for jobs and, you know, what, what might happen with some of the veterans, Tim Anderson is left alone, unchecked, to just develop and grow 
and flower. I, I find, and knowing Tim the way, you know, I mean, you've had a chance to talk to him. I've had a chance to talk to him. He wouldn't mind a little bit of shade in yeah. growing up, I think. Yeah, and I think that's a really good spot for a young player to be in, is not being in that spotlight where, yeah, some of the young guys will be in that spotlight, but to sort of take the pressure off them, too, I think is what the White Sox are sort of setting up, is that, and I mean, Todd Frazier said this, too, when I asked him, what what do you do to lead a young team? And he basically said, let them know they are going to be good days, they are going to be bad days. He was like, don't do a whole lot. Just kind of, you know, let them know, hey, you're going to strike out, you're going to give up home runs, you're going to do all this, but at the end of the day, just continue to grow, continue to develop as a professional. Tim Anderson really took to that last year. Yeah. Where, I mean, I, he he went through stretches where he wasn't putting the ball in play, but you never got the sense that he was down from it. You never got the sense he was, you know, overly frustrated to the point that it was detrimental to him. And he kept on working, and he wound up having a pretty solid rookie season. Robin kept saying over and over that Tim was asking the right questions. Right. And yep. I think that's, like, a lot of rookies could put some eyewash on just being there and, and yeah. looking like they're showing up. I, I think the White Sox coaching staff, Ricky Renteria included, uh, was really happy with with what the substance of, of Tim Anderson. To the back end of the bullpen, then we go. Nate Jones was a guy that hung out with us on the Steve Dahl show during SoxFest. He is he's actually a pretty darn funny guy. Uh, we miss David Robertson, um, but both of those guys are staples in that White Sox bullpen, but also could you know theoretically have value to some other clubs. I, I'm of the opinion that Jose Quintana aside, I understand the risks in not trading arms. Uh, up until the deadline, but I love the idea of getting other teams desperate up at the deadline to trade my arms. I wonder if I wonder where you fall on that. Yeah, I think that's the best way to go about it when you are rebuilding. Is outside of a Quintana, who is a staff ace, different, different, different realm. But I mean, when you get to the deadline, there always are teams that are looking for relief pitching and starting pitching, even if it's a back of the rotation guy. Yeah. Like a Miguel Gonzalez, who could turn in, you know, a 370 RA and all of a sudden be a good pickup for someone at the deadline that brings back a good piece for the White Sox. The same goes for the bullpen arms, where Nate Jones is under a really team-friendly contract, and if they were to trade David Robertson tomorrow, he's the closer. Yeah, no doubt. Which would then only increase his value. So maybe you maybe you think, okay, we'll we'll deal Robertson, we'll let Jones' value grow as a closer, and then maybe look to deal him. Because ultimately, bullpen arms are so fickle, they're so up and down from year to year that when you're rebuilding, it's not like you can hang on to a bullpen arm and be like, this guy's going to be a piece of our future, because they are so volatile. So maximizing on what they do during the season is usually a good idea when you're looking to go young and try to win three, four years down the road. What did you hear at SoxFest? Talk with J.J. Stankovitz of CSNChicago.com. What did you hear at SoxFest that was different to you this year I, I know you went to a couple of the panels i think you may have even been involved in some of them i, I wonder if there was a a tone a theme a trope uh, english major coming out uh that that really pervaded through the three days of Sox fest you know there was just this general sense of optimism about the direction the team is going in and it was different from years past where oh my god we signed melky cabrera david robertson we traded for jeff samarja or wow we got adam dunn you know these big, big moves at so you know that generated this kind of buzz at Soxfest. Yeah. This wasn't a over-the-top yelling, screaming buzz. It was just like a, okay, we feel pretty good about this. And the one question that stuck with me that Rick Hahn got on a panel on Friday 
was a fan went up to him and he, you know, gets to the microphone. This is Han that got this the question. Rick Han who okay, got okay. the question. And the fan goes, there's a substantial free agent class that will start hitting in 2018 and 2019. Do you envision yourself with the White Sox pulling in someone from that class like a Manny Machado and signing him to the first nine-figure contract in team history? Because let's remember, Jose Abreu still is the largest contract in franchise history. And, I mean, yeah, granted, that one was basically sight unseen. We're going to give you this money sure. because we, we d- we've done our homework, but you haven't played in the majors. That was a big contract. I'm not trying to downplay that. But maybe they go that nine-figure route if they feel that things have kind of swelled up to the point of, hey, we can contend if we get a Manny Machado. And... I hate going back to the Cubs comparison because they went about it a totally different way. They started low down in the minors. Mm -hmm. When they were acquiring guys, they were in single A and double A, not triple A like the White Sox are getting. But when they went out and they signed John Lester, that was the like, wow, I I think they're ready to contend moment. And maybe the 2019 free agent class is that for the White Sox. Maybe that's the direction that they're able to go grow a Giolito, a Moncada into these like cheap cost controlled all-stars and then you add the piece then you inject that like big piece into it that vaults you from on the fringes of doing something to in the middle of doing something and I guess just my point on that is that this was a question that a fan asked here in a it wasn't you know this overly excited way but it was in an optimistic yeah confident way that I thought was really interesting to have out of this Sox fest. Well, even if you're not ready, ready, having Manny Machado, per se, or Bryce Harper at age 27. You better be ready to shell out $400 million for Harper. For sure. <laughs> let's say you got the cash. You know, let's say you got the, the quiche to play with. Having either one of those players at their age 27 season is not a bad thing if you think you've got stuff ready to go because they're, they're going to be free agents at such a ridiculously young age. Mm-hmm. That's what makes that 2018 free agency class right. so interesting. Yeah, and that's that you could also maybe you're maybe not ready to contend then. Mm-hmm. But let's say you think okay, 2020 is our year. If you yeah. sign Machado, he's going to be in his prime when you sign him. It's not like you're signing a 31-year-old right. who you might get two, three really great years out of and then the decline starts. It's you're probably getting seven good years out of this and then in the last three of the contract cuz they'll probably require nine- to ten-year contracts, Unreal. which is crazy, but Unreal. that's probably what the market's going to be, then you are you say, okay, the last three, we can deal with it. Last one for you before we let you go here. Are there guys on the periphery of free agency, I'm thinking of guys like Chris Carter, guys who are looking for jobs that you think might fit the White Sox as, uh, as perhaps sign-and-flip type guys? I'm interested. So the Twins on Friday just they DFA'd. Uh, Byung-ho Park, yes, they did. the uh, the player they signed last year, who looked like he could be their DH going into the season. Had some moments. Had some moments last year, slapped a few dingers, but is a guy who he does have a bit of, he, I think he's like eight-something million maybe. Yeah. But going on, going through waivers, maybe he's a guy the Sox look to claim, throw in at DH, see what he can do, because what do you have to lose at that point? If right. he does well, you flip him. I like the idea of Chris Carter, too. Uh, the only thing with that is that you already do have your one-year power hitter in Todd Frazier, True. who you look to flip. So you might have kind of two commodities there, in which case you might not be able to get rid of both. You set the market against yeah. itself, yeah. Uh, Derek Holland, obviously, they signed to a one-year deal. Perfect fit for that of a guy who maybe if you can get him to reclaim his career a little bit, you can flip him at the deadline. 
Um, I like that idea of doing that, where you are going through this process. And when you're getting these guys on one-year deals, they're usually veterans. They've been around the block a little bit. And even if they're only there for half of the season, sometimes they do leave an impact on a clubhouse just showing someone how to go about their business. If if Derek Holland has a positive impact on Carlos Rodon, yeah. but he gets flipped at the end of June, then that was a good signing, yeah. even if the prospect you get back doesn't pan out. JJ, appreciate you hanging out with us. It's always good to have you on uh, White Sox Weekly. We will talk to you as we uh, approach spring training, my friend. All right, anytime, Connor. You got it. Hey, sports fans, the Bulls-Sox Youth Academy, the official youth training facility of the Chicago Bulls and White Sox, runs year-round basketball, baseball, fast-pitch softball, sports programming for boys and girls ages 5 to 18. The academy offers private lessons, camps, travel teams, birthday parties, field trips, and much, much more. Go 630 play ball or visit BullsSoxAcademy.com. For more information, we'll put a bow on it when we come back. You've got White Sox Weekly on WLS AMA 90. Closing it up here on White Sox Weekly, I'm Connor McKnight. Just a couple of minutes here before we got to make room in the WLS studios. Uh, one thing that I mentioned earlier in the show and then kind of had to rush through it so we got to Don Cooper in time, uh, the Baseball Prospectus website, which does a great job of evaluating prospects and like anything else, uh, writing about baseball, uh, they released the White Sox Top 10 coming up on Monday. Should be interesting. I'll probably be tweeting about it over at C1 McKnight. On Twitter, uh, when the list comes out, but MLB.com already has their top 100 list out, and I, I was going to rattle down some of those names and numbers real quickly here before we get out of here, and I'm going to do that now. Mankata, Yuan Mankata at number two on MLB.com, Giolito at 12, Michael Kopech at 16, Ronaldo Lopez at 46, Carson Fulmer at 71, and Zach Collins at 81. So it'll be interesting to see whether the folks at BP have those guys ranked in the same order or not. I imagine that there's a little bit of uh, difference between the two lists. And then, of course, filling out the rest of the top ten with some of the rest of the White Sox prospects should be an interesting one, too. I think Zach Birdie probably makes an appearance on that top ten at some point. That's the music, and it's time for us to get up out of here. Thanks to Don Cooper, White Sox pitching coach, for joining us here on White Sox Weekly. Thanks to J.J. Stankovitz of CSNChicago.com. You can Follow JJ on Twitter at JJ Stankovitz. I don't think Coop has a Twitter handle. I don't know if he knows how it works quite yet. Either way, he's a great guy, and we'll talk to him soon when we see him at spring training. If you want to stay up to date on all things White Sox this offseason, be sure to follow the team on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat for all things White Sox related, like SoxFest, on-sale dates, and much more. We'll be back next Saturday for another edition of White Sox Weekly. Thanks to Justin Basic, our producer. I'm Connor McKnight, and you, well, you have a wonderful Saturday afternoon. Talk to you next week.